0: Welcome to the new nurse podcast. I'm nurse Meg
1: and I'm nurse M.
0: Hi Anne. Hi friend. How's it going?
1: It's going. How's your week been? What's been on your heart? Week's
0: been good. A lot of prep work as we're getting ready to leave for Italy. So by the time this airs, your girl will be sitting in a piazza drinking cappuccino. I'm almost (laughs) 100% sure of that.
1: So excited for you. Can't wait um, I, to see pictures.
0: I right, um, but can I say I 100% do not recommend um, traveling internationally during a global pandemic. <laughs> I can second that. It has been, it has been real. Yeah, seriously, you lived Ex- through this. Like I couldn't. Yeah, you know, extra anything. stress
1: for sure. Like,
0: yes, and yeah. you know, you went in January. And I 100% did not think that we were gonna be in a similar <laughs> um, as you were in yeah. in January, now in September. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, didn- I didn't think we were gonna have to be worrying about COVID testing and like mm-hmm. the European Union dropping the United States off of the safe travel list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been a host of challenges. Yeah,
1: it's so true, but it'll be worth it. And it just reminds us to, Extra surrender.
0: (laughs) Yes, 100%. Like, this is all Jesus, whatever it looks like. You know how it's kind of easy sometimes to be like, well, it's Jesus. Right. Until it's not going the way that we want it to, and then we get super stressed out. Right. And I really have been working hard to not be stressed out in this space. So, good reminder. Um, How have things been going for you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah,
1: yeah, still just just grinding working in, in school <laughs> so
0: yeah a
1: friend I, and I were talking about yesterday how we respond to when we're asked like how are we yeah and whether people are actually like listening to our response or not but we were saying how like we want to answer like we answer like we're 80 year olds we're like uh, ah, still trucking <laughs> <laughs> but really it should be like she's like I heard someone say like at one point like you know beyond I'm beyond blessed and it's like huh how would it be if we all responded in that way? Like Mm. now would it always be the realist? Maybe not, but it would be practicing gratitude outwardly. That would hopefully then in return, give inward
0: gratitude. So yeah. Yes. Anyways. Uh, that's So good. I think, and maybe that's one of the reasons that I love self-care Saturday and giving like a pause on Sunday. Cause I, I think that for me, at least it helps me to, remember to hold a lot of this with gratitude, even in the really challenging spaces. Do you know yeah. what I mean?
1: For sure. For sure.
0: Um. So last time we were talking about highly sensitive people. Yes. Empaths and introverts. Um, did you get a chance to reflect on that at all? I was, I was re-listening to our podcast um, today, actually, and prep for this. And I was just like, there was, there was a lot that we kind of put out there.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. There was definitely a lot of information.
0: Yeah, so I would say that, you know, one of the, one of the takeaways that we had um, last week was that you and I are not, not the experts on this other than the fact that we live it. We are highly sensitive people. Um, and I think a lot of times that even when you're saying that to somebody, I mean, you really have to build out the context around it. Because otherwise, it's just like, oh, I'm a sensitive person. And people hear that a little bit differently than the space that you and I were unpacking this, which is that it is 15% um, to 20%, I guess, of the population. Right. Um, And that there's more even like neurological makeups that create this in people. So it's not just whatever we kind of think um, a sensitive person is or is not, there's there's a lot more depth to it
1: yeah and elaine aaron um who i feel like is like the queen of this highly sensitive person is on youtube i had found a video at one point and she talked a little bit about how to portray and explain to others about this quality of you Mm. um and basically saying that she just basically reworded it kind of like I compare it to the way you approach a doctor about advocating for your patient a certain way that it comes out the most respectful way. Like I feel like it's all about how you word things and how you approach it.
0: Yes. That's a really good reminder. And I think that that's so true for a lot of different aspects of life. Yes. Um, how you approach a topic. I was literally just saying this to a new friend today that we are having lunch. And I said, um, even in the situations of some of the, the organizations mandating vaccines, um, I think even how you approach it and how you choose to say it can come up. And like the, the information can be the exact same information, but the delivery really matters.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So being for respectful sure. always goes a really, really, really long way.
1: Yeah, agree with that.
0: Um, so I think when we were talking last week, it was mainly. Um, sort of an overview of a highly sensitive person and an empath. And we said that those are kind of um, two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And then we were looking at like an introverted and extroverted nature to that. Um, I want to say that in case you didn't listen to the first one, um, I would definitely go back and recommend that you, that you do listen to that episode. Cause I think it'll set you up better for some of what em and I will dive into today. Um, and one of the reasons that Em and I wanted to talk about this, not just because we um, identify with it, but because it's really important that when we talk about self-awareness and starting to establish the foundation that is ultimately going to change the culture of nursing into a space that is healthy, mm-hmm. a lot of times it is going to start with having an awareness of what you're bringing to the table, what you need, right? Yeah. Like how are you? And And so if you're not a highly sensitive person, um, that's okay too. I would still encourage you to be listening to this because I am, I would say, just about 100% sure that there's somebody in your unit that you are working with that is a highly sensitive person. And so that will yeah. let you um, better build into the teamwork aspect and understand how people process things, um, view things, because I think sometimes we, it's easy to forget that perspective is often why somebody is reacting the way that they are or, um, obviously history. And there's just like so much that goes into it, right guys, like the layers. And so again, em and I always say we're preaching to ourselves first here. Ugh, right? Yeah. Um, but I do think that it's, it's an easy way to, to stop being in a defensive posture, which happens a lot of times when we're in a toxic Culture or an unhealthy space, we end up being defensive, and instead, this allows us to be a little bit more uh, proactive and take a healthier approach to navigating some of the differences that we are going to find within um, our teams and our workspaces.
1: That's good, Meg. That's really good. Thank and you.
0: Yeah, and I think what
1: you're saying with um, like the defensive piece of that, I'm I'm sure. Um, others are feeling that a little bit more heightened during this time of the second surge, um, and with COVID and just heightened, burnt out compassion fatigue in your, um, workspace. So Mm. I'm sure that's definitely something people are experiencing or have experienced at least once within their past week of work. And what you're saying with the foundation and why we're talking about this, um, there's, you know, the Enneagram is not just a Christian symbol, there w- there was um, like Richard Rohr and a few others had brought this to the faith aspect, but it wasn't originated out of that. It was actually, I think more so like, a ph- it was a Bolivian philosopher actually, but just to say there was a woman who um, for about 20 plus years had been working really highly with Enneagram. And she had a quote that I really appreciated that goes with kind of with what you're saying. And it said, a foundational theological question is, who am I? If I don't know who I am, I can't be present to myself. I'm not available to me. If I'm not available to me, how can I be available to others or to the Holy One? Mm-hmm. So I really liked that and appreciated that. I love to, like, that. Kind of pinpoint why we're going into this um, and why we found it so important
0: yeah. to relate to your
1: workspace and, and to think, you as a whole.
0: Right. Oh, that's so good, Emma. I'm glad that you shared that. That's, man, we could like land there for a while for sure. Yeah. Um, The who am I also, I mean, that's just an important question, even when we're talking about boundaries, Mm -hmm. because if you don't know what your own value system looks like, personally, you won't know where to set your boundaries. How do you know um, where to build your fence line on your property if you don't know where the property line is? Right. You literally don't even know like what the piece of land is that you own. So if we don't even know ourselves to be able to stake ownership on what is ours to own, emotions, feelings, reactions, responses, (gasps) how in the world will we know where we need to set that boundary to say, I'm really sorry. Like that's not mine to own. That is yours to own.
1: Right, right. Exactly. And I think understanding like your personality traits and and your Enneagram and your Myers-Briggs and digging into those um, you know, first off to say they're not an excuse to um, say things are acceptable, acceptable when we know they're not or mm-hmm. for no, you know, for a lack of growth um, in certain mm-hmm. areas either. Mm-hmm. So definitely not an excuse in any in any means. But I did read at one point that people struggled to find acceptance a lot of times when finding out there. Um, true number or Myers-Briggs or um, looking into maybe even HSP. you know, this is that's generalization, the Enneagram and um, Myers-Briggs. I, I know that people have found struggles in accepting their numbers or um, the letters that they are. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure with highly sensitive people or an empath as well, you can be like, wait, I'm that like, really? You know, so um, understanding that and coming to acceptance and terms with it, to help with what you're saying and and being able to best utilize what you know about it and restore yes. and rest. And yeah.
0: And, to, and like you said, holding up some of those spaces um, with the Enneagram, and we're going to talk a little bit and unpack that too. But the Enneagram is a personality test and, um, it tells you what obviously your strengths are and your weaknesses, or in the Enneagram, they sort of call it like your shadow side, like mm-hmm. maybe unhealthy motivators that are causing you to act in a certain way. Yeah. And you're right. Em. I think that there can be a space that we're like, we don't want to own it, but there's also a space that we all need to be able to hold it to say, is this even true of me? Because none of us fits into a box Right. So just because it's being suggested or that this is common for an HSP or an empath to react this way or um, be motivated because of past traumas or whatnot, you also get the chance to really look at that yourself and to say, is that actually true right. of me? Right. And so I think that that's a really, really good distinction. Um, I'm glad that you, yeah. that you brought that up. Um, one of the big things with highly sensitive people some of an HSP gets created off of previous traumas that have happened in their life Mm and developmental ages and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And so again, like it would be really hard to be like, well, you're a highly sensitive person. So I'm going to assume that there was a massive trauma in your world. That wouldn't be fair. So instead we can put it out there and then allow that person to sort of examine that part and to say, is there any truth in that? Um, the other thing that I would say when I was looking at the trauma aspect, because I think I knew for myself, trauma sounds like a very strong word, um, to be be utilizing, just like PTSD and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. so I do think that we need to recognize that a lot of us do a lot of us being nurses do experience a level of trauma. I would suggest within the first two years of being a nurse. And the reason that I'm putting that out there is because I don't think that most of us prior to being nurses have been in a situation that we have probably seen somebody die. Um, we probably have not been in the situation that we are responsible and I will hold that word a little bit loosely. Um, For somebody's outcome, because obviously the reason I'm holding it loosely is because we are responsible as nursing professionals, but as believers, we also know that, you know, we could wow, go forever for like pre predestination versus free will. But like, I believe that there's, and you believe that there is a bigger plan um, in this world, right? Which means that I can't necessarily muck up what God was already going to have happen um, but that doesn't mean that we're not necessarily going to be utilized and we don't know what the outcome is going to be. So do we code a patient anyway, even though we're not God, of course, but do I believe that, um, they live or die based on Jesus and what the ultimate plan was? Yeah, I guess I do. Um, and so I do believe that there is like a trauma that can happen though, because we often as nurses assume a unhealthy level of responsibility for our patients. Even the fact that we own our patients, our patients, my patients, Mm -hmm. your patients, you know what I'm saying? And so trauma is anything that's too intense for your nervous system to process in the moment. Mm -hmm. I don't know about all of you, but every code that I've ever been in, I think the reason that we often get desensitized as nurses and we can joke about some really grim stuff is because we're in a moment that's too intense for our nervous system to process. Yeah, And so our brain just checks out and is like, peace out y'all we'll be mm-hmm. back to unpack this later when you're in a space to do that. And unfortunately for a highly sensitive person, um, I think that that trauma it can go deeper than what we even recognize in the moment or six months later. Um, I would say that at this point I've been out of the intensive care unit for 10 years and there are traumas that I'm unpacking now that I didn't even know that I fully needed to unpack or that were not unpacked in the last 10 years. Do you know what I mean? Cause sometimes yeah. this work is so layered that you really don't know what you don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. All oh, of that is so good.
0: What do you think about the trauma stuff that I just put out there? Like yeah. the new nurses, I think really are traumatized often because life just hasn't given us these sort of scenarios,
1: right? And I, it's so hard because, you know, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about my um, my study for for grad school and what my topic will be, and um, other people have thrown around ideas such as uh, retention and um like new nurses and how better to support them. And, you know, I just, this is such a hot topic right now with our nursing shortage um, and, and where that's at. And I think truthfully, it's so hard to retain those practices in our settings of work. You know, we've, mm. it, we've tried to incorporate ideas of mentorship. Are those, are those really helping? Are they really being utilized, Mm. um, you know, to help with those things such as uh, that we're experiencing that are um, creating trauma are the resources, you know, we had like this um, for our facility, it was called like a pause and we were supposed to try to, it was like a big thing at first and we were supposed to try after those settings of coding people and, and harsh, you know, situations um we were supposed to pause and reflect with our team and do Mm. those happen I mean there's ways to to unpack it but like you said you're unpacking it how many years later so are we utilizing those to the best of our ability and how do we instill those practices um it's 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 hard because I totally agree with everything you're saying everything you're saying
0: It's really hard. And I think too, because some of the reasons that I'm still unpacking the trauma is because I know myself better now. So I better understand how this impacted and affected me. And I didn't necessarily know that at the time. And also, I'll be honest if I did know it at the time, I probably wouldn't have been able to be an ICU nurse because sometimes the compartmentalizing is what actually saves us in the moments. Yeah. yeah. What I mean <laughs> that we don't deal with it, that we don't fully unpack it because if you fully unpack it, you're like what happened and right. I can't do this. I can't be in this, right. um, which you and I are going to dive into um, in another episode about should I stay or should I go? Um, but one of the things that I wanted to say, because I, I know we kind of keep throwing out the, the HSP stuff and the traumas and right um, also there was a, a line that I read said, we can't heal something that is undiagnosed. And so mm. yeah this is another reason to ask, who am I?
1: Yeah, that's um, good. We,
0: we need to be willing to go into it. Em and I love ourselves some therapy. And so we always put that out there. Like, I do think that it's really healthy. Um, sometimes to have a third party to talk to about this, Em, you're talking about, this pause that happens within your team. But if your team doesn't feel like a safe environment, then that could be really challenging. You know what I mean? If that's the yeah. time that somebody is trying to debrief or unpack it. And also there's often time limits to it. Right. Or you're like, well, the last person just talked for this long and we need to get going and I don't want to hold things up. So um, a lot of times your human resources, part of your benefits will allow, um, for three counseling sessions, free of charge. And so I would encourage you to be using those yearly. <laughs> like, yeah. do it. It's three free counseling sessions. Why wouldn't yeah. you? Um, with HSPs, change is overstimulating. We often need more sleep. That one is so true.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, A strong reaction to violence and beauty. Often feeling misunderstood. Absorbs the emotions of others. So they actually... Um, I don't know if you came across this in your studying, but they're thinking about changing a highly sensitive person to empathic distress fatigue, which oh, I thought I was very confusing. Yeah, but I could I could see why they would go there. Yeah. Um, overanalyzing words and gestures. We talked about being hangry is very real for yes. HSP. And yeah. people, people pleasing and compromising. So again, there's another space of Analyzing that with maybe a third party and better establishing boundaries because when you feel other people's emotions, we as nurses want to fix right? That's why we are like ended up in this um, profession most likely. And so then we feel like we need to also fix people's emotions. You're so sad. You're so angry. What can I do to fix all that? And that is not necessarily a bad thing until we go to an extreme and own it and feel like it's our responsibility to fix it. And that is not true. Um, Mm -hmm. Things that are beneficial for HSPs. Oh, I like this. Small pleasures and a slower schedule. Hello, self-care Saturday and rabbit (laughs) Sunday, alone time, Em, you and I love some alone time.
1: Yes, it's so true.
0: Um, We're both deep thinkers. So being allowed to um, ask why, dive into, you know, kind of the nerdy aspects of some of this is actually rewarding for us. As an HSP, why am I feeling this way? But I think, too, that unless we actually have built out the space in our life to examine some of this, um, we probably aren't, I don't know, having the time available for it because you have to be intentional in this space. Yeah. So I thought that those were really good ones. I just wanted to throw them out there as we're, like, wrapping up the highly sensitive person part of it. Um, Was there anything else in your studies that you just wanted to make sure that...
1: Yeah. Um, no, you really hit the nail hit the nail on the head. Hit the yeah, that's the right phrase, right? Yeah, you did good. <laughs> I'm like, did I mix up the words? No. Since this morning, um, I the only other thing that I found interesting, which is literally going off of what you just said, and it might be a little repetitive, but I think there are a little bit of differences within it as well. You had mentioned in our prior podcast that you um, really enjoyed the realized empath. social media yeah yeah Um, and so I actually screenshotted because I think you had sent me something about her like weeks back and then I followed her and I screenshotted something that um, I really jived with so she had a a chart and one side said and you probably remember this Meg it said energy depleters and then on the other side it said energy keepers and so just to reiterate what basically you said um, energy depleters consist of pushing instead of resting People-pleasing, electronics or social media, chronic complaining, or probably even whether it's you or listening to it, yeah. giving without receiving, and being an emotional dumping ground. So those are energy depleters, And then energy keepers to act on and really try to highlight in your life would be self-compassion and boundaries, which we've touched on uh, multiple times, cultivating joy, keeping promises to yourself, unplugging gratitude, sun, nature, and hydration. Uh, so just little, little tidbits man. that I thought could be appreciated.
0: Is that you and I or what?
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: I Yeah, good, good stuff. Um, so we would encourage you guys to check out Elaine Aron, A-R-O-N. She is the psychologist that um, really set up the definitions back in the 1990s around um, highly sensitive people. And then And was just um, reminding us of The Realized Empath. She's on social media as well, Instagram. I don't know if she's on Facebook or not, but I have learned a ton from her as well. And so she's actually coming out with a book in January, I believe. And I'm positive that that will be on my reading list, not on Emily's, because Emily will be um, (laughs) reading textbooks for the next, like, two years of her life. Four years. It's so sad oh four yeah okay but my book list
1: will be so long it'll take me to my grave
0: no seriously um (laughs) but you know what would be really great is that I will just like read some of this and then I'll just like give you I should just give you like my highlighted book when I'm done yeah just like read the nuggets
1: uh huh. <laughs> yep. I appreciate that. And yeah, I actually yeah. have one of your books that I was looking at today because I'm trying to just read a few pages like a day for like a little Devo session of certain books. And um, we talked a lot about this in the be- when we started the podcast with The Dream of You by Joe Saxton. So I never got to oh, read it yet. Yeah. Um. So super good. And I appreciated some of your bookmarked things Yay, so yes, I'm down yes. for that book club. Um,
0: you're welcome. Also, hilarious. I don't know how many times I give up books and then I have no idea where they're at. Where they go? Or like the fact that I don't even remember them whatsoever. So you know, <laughs> take your time. But I do love me some Joe Saxton. Yeah, he's pretty wonderful too. Um, hey, I know that we are at 25 minutes, so we're gonna wrap this up. Yeah. I feel like Ruth was meowing in the background. That's so
1: funny because I was gonna tell you that she was literally sleeping all day long. I mean, yeah. all day long. Cause she yeah. sleeps during the day. Right. Yeah. And every time we go to do a podcast and she must, mm-hmm. your voice must be cat whispering, even though I know you're not a cat person because <laughs> she comes into the stadium every time you start oh my speaking. Gosh. So I love, yes, you did I hear love her. her little
0: meows? So if you guys hear little meowies or um, can you hear the cow that's bellowing in the background at my place
1: i can't but i wish okay, i could <laughs> yeah
0: happy happy to hear that okay so <laughs> we're just like farm life farm life with megan m what other animals can be <laughs> oh my god i love it all right you guys well thanks for joining us today uh have a great rest of your day and we will see you next time stay blessed bye